0: The strictly Ball Business with Alec and Dalton coming from Minnesota, where it is cold and bold. Uh, today we've got some cool topics to talk about. Obviously this Bucks-Hawks series is getting intense. Giannis and Trey, with their injuries, we want to recap the last game and preview Game 6 tonight. Or is it game, game 5 tonight, sorry. And then we'll talk about the coaching carousel around the league. And then also talk about some Damian Lillard trade ideas kind of get an idea of where that could go. And Dalton's got a few things for us as well. So let's start out talking about that Bucks hawks game. Uh, Lou Williams in place of Trey Young. What an awesome game. He ends up with 21 points, 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, and 8 assists total. So he was uh, compared to 1 turnover, so he was a nice floor general. He was creating space, and that floater was money. So loved it. Uh, What did you think, uh, about that game,
1: I thought. I mean, it, it was great. Showed the deaths for the Hawks. I think the Hawks bench and uh, all the role players really needed that game. Um, but I, I don't know. I was so disappointed by the Bucks. Uh, so, so I have a bunch of stats here that I kind of want to read off because so Giannis is already rolled out for this this next game, and um, Trey is a game-time decision. So uh, it's a very possible that he, he'll come out and play. But th- th- this is Chris Middleton has to has to step up. Well, not only Chris Middleton, but th- th- this has to be his, his game th- th- today. Because, I mean, <sighs> th- let's see. The defensive rating uh, without Giannis is 108. I mean, th- they're able to play without Giannis, and their offensive rating is 116. So there's still a positive team without Giannis so it's definitely doable it's just Chris has to step up and in those games that Giannis didn't play during the regular season uh, I mean during the regular season Middleton took 16 shots a game and when Giannis wasn't there he was only taking 19 shots a game I mean he's got to take way more shots uh, I know it's it, it seems a lot to be shooting over 20 20 shots a game for just a, another player but in the playoffs that's he's got to shoot more And I mean, he's shooting 19 a game for these playoffs, so I I think it's totally doable. It's just he has to make his shots.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's what it comes down to. He only made six of his shots last game, so, I mean, you haven't really been able to trust him to be that guy. You hear... Chuck say that uh, I think the other day he said that Middleton is their best player on the Bucks, even though Giannis is the most talented, and that's because you know Middleton's supposed to be their guy that can hit shots at the end of the game and be clutch. But you know he, he does that; he certainly can do that, but he's not consistent for the whole game enough. Yeah,
1: and that's it. it's just the, the consistency. But along with Chris Middleton, I think I mean I think it's about time we we start talking about Drew Holiday and how. Awful he's been offensively for this series. I mean, I I love Drew. Uh, He's a great... In my opinion, he's the best perimeter defender in the NBA. But it's time for him to start hitting shots. I mean, they got him... He's supposed to be their third guy. He's supposed to step up, play as their their third all-star, and he's... He just has not been able to do it. And especially, he should be mismatched hunting, especially if Trey's on the floor. Get the pick and roll. Get Trey, because Trey's the worst defensive player in the league. And you can go at Trey Young. I don't know why the Bucks have not been doing that. I mean, granted, Capella's a great anchor for their defense. But Trey Young is awful defensively. And I don't know why you wouldn't just abuse that if you were the Bucs.
0: Yeah, especially with if he does end up playing tonight, he's going to have a hurt foot, you would assume. He's not going to be able to move the same, so you really should try and exploit him and use that matchup to your best of your ability.
1: Right. At the very least, like, he, he can get past Dre every, Dre every time. Somebody's going to be open, you know? If he comes down in Capella, it's either going to be Lopez is there uh, in the dunking position, or a wing's going to be open with its... I mean, who who they start? They'll probably start, what, Forbes or... Yeah, probably probably Forbes and Middleton with PJ and Lopez. I imagine that's what their starting lineup will be. So that you should have a lot more shooting, sure. right?
0: Yeah, inconsistent shooting. I mean, hopefully Forbes can get you some threes, but we've seen for him he could give you an O of seven day from three as well. Yeah, And
1: I, it just comes down to it, like when, when it was just those two, just the two without their stars. I mean, especially if Trey Young doesn't play tonight. Uh, it's. I mean, Max Kellerman and a few other media, they, they always say that the team with the best player will always win, and you got to think Middleton's the best player on the floor.
0: Did you just quote Max, Max Kellerman? Kellerman? I got to. Dude, Max Kellerman is a clown. Right,
1: but this is right. Uh, he, he's. This is the right statement. I mean, the best player on the floor will always win. Uh,
0: That's fair. I agree with that.
1: But um, that doesn't mean, like, of all time like Kawhi played better than Steph and that's why Kawhi won also KD was injured but that 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 was in 2019 yeah that was 2019
0: yeah I mean I would argue the best team is the one who wins more often you saw it with the Spurs for years. You know, sure they also had stars on that team, but they didn't have one guy that locked it down at all times and took over at the end of games. Same thing with, uh, I mean, I guess the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they had Dirk Nowitzki when they won it, but was he better than LeBron James? I, I think I'm pretty sure most people would say I think no. Think
1: the the uh, the statement is that he's the he was the better player in that playoffs, which I mean that's a very loaded statement, right? Because you you don't know who's the better player. So You could that. say
0: the better player in any playoffs, yeah. It's all retroactive. I mean, the better best player this playoffs could end up being Devin Booker. Well, yeah, which no one would have predicted that coming into the season. But my
1: my point is when if Trey and Giannis aren't on the floor, like who on the Hawks is going to be better than Chris Middleton, right? Is it gonna be Lou Williams?
0: Uh, well, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter were both better than him last hey,
1: game. Yeah, man, I watching Kevin Herter beat anybody. I'm like, come on, this guy's off. I mean, he, when Kevin Herter is locking you down like he did did to Drew Holiday, I'm like, all right, Drew, you gotta take a step back and figure whatever's going on with you out because that, that that's pretty awful. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, Giannis is out for this game. I mean, you got to think that. He's just out for this game. They're resting him, and um, hopefully, hopefully, he comes. He'll be healthy enough where they can put him back on the floor for Game Six. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we'll look forward to that game tonight. Hopefully, um, hopefully, it's a fun one. You know, I'm personally pulling for the Bucks, and I wouldn't be mad if the Hawks end up making it to the finals, but. I'm excited to see where this ends up. You know, I'm happy for the Suns that they made it finally, and hopefully we get a good matchup sure, either
1: congrats. way. Congrats to Chris Paul, the guy you love to hate, and uh, Devin well,
0: Booker. He's just, I mean, I, mean I, I hated guys on both sides right. of the team, right? So obviously Patrick Beverly sucks, and that push was garbage. But with Chris Paul, yes, I do hate watching you know, the Chris Paul things he does that everybody, you know, lets him get away with and still praises him for. Like, he's one of the worst floppers in the league. Like, he's always just like a fucking magic carp out there slapping himself in the wind. You know, I just, I get tired of watching it. He had that one where Patrick Beverly was trying to get on the screen, and Chris Paul throws himself up in the air, like four feet up in the air sideways. It's like, dude, you're injured all the time, and you're 36, maybe... Chill the yeah, fuck out.
1: Jump onto the floor, like body flop the floor every, every three, four minutes. <laughs> yeah, Probably help
0: yeah. but, you know, I am glad that um, his spot as a top point guard of all time, as one of the top point guards of all time. People won't be able to use the, well, he's never been to a finals as an excuse for having him in conversations with guys like John Stockton, you right. know. But... Yeah. No, should it be, should be good. Anyways, let's get to the coaching carousel here. Lots going on. Obviously, social media, not very happy with the hiring of Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd for various reasons. Let's dive into the Billups hire here first. So something interesting is he's only been an assistant coach for one year, but he was a candidate for head coaching before that or possibly being a GM before and all of a sudden, so you got all these former players that they're skyrocketed into these positions, and their credentials is their playing experience. To me, that's weird, but I also get it. Um, it's just interesting to see. So, Blazers hire their guy Billups. They give him a five-year record contract, and you know they're trying to clean themselves up, make sure that it looks like a good hire by putting out a piece about how hammond isn't qualified and how the reviews from san antonio were not glowing they were actually negative it's like really you're putting out a hit piece on becky hammond
1: yeah I mean, it wasn't man. enough that you didn't hire her for the job right <laughs> it was just you could have just been like yeah we didn't hire because we like built over." you had to like glor- uh justify your decision uh, by that yeah that's what
0: they're doing they're trying to justify their decision you don't see them putting out hit pieces on anyone else though I guess it's probably I mean it's probably because they're like well we need to have you know our excuses out there for the public to see for why we didn't hire this woman when we have a woman as our owner too because there was obviously the rumor that you know she'd love to be a pioneer or a trailblazer (laughs) if you would in having women coach sports so or coach men's sports that is yeah but what do you think about Billups as as a coach? What do you think he's going to be like? Do you think this is going to save the Damian Lillard situation? What's your first thoughts?
1: So, I, 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 this is actually my – out of the four of the Pacers, Rick Carlisle, Celtics, Udoka, Blazers, Billups, and Mavs, kid. this is, in my opinion, this is the worst hire. I, just, I don't understand it. Like I, I like Chauncey, don't get me wrong, but he was not – qualified for this job <laughs> yeah like you said one prior year where he was assistant to tyloo no prior coaching before that he was he was a prior announcer obviously a uh, a great nba player too but that's that's not enough i like i, I could see if, if the magic hired him different deal i'd be like okay you know because they're rebuilding they, they're not trying to win right now but for the trailblazers who are you know looking for a chip with their with their Best player, top 10 player in the league right now. Top five this this playoff series, I, I would say. He was great. And you hire a guy with no coaching experience? Like, what what are you thinking? <laughs> like, where, where are you trying to go? How what's, far are you trying to go
0: now? What's especially interesting about that, too, is with these former players getting hired, like Steve Nash, Ty Lue, Chauncey Billups, they are going to teams where they're already either championship ready or at least going to be guaranteed to be in the playoffs so it's like you know these former players they're not only getting easy positions they're probably cherry picking where they want to go to make sure they get a good record when they're starting out as a coach so then people can look at that and be like oh see he is a good coach he's got what it's cut out for so what if he didn't have experience whereas you know if he came in right as coaching the magic he'd have a shit record and people would be like see can't make it as a coach
1: yeah uh, I, I suppose, but it's just like, I mean, in the Nets case, Steve Nash, you got you to gotta think like he's not doing much coaching, right? <laughs> like you got to imagine like looking at him mean, like, I mean, not saying he's just sitting there. He's not a figure piece at all, but how hard it is to coach three of the best players in the NBA, right?
0: So do you think with the Nets circumstance, they're like, we don't need a Krzyzewski. We don't need an all-time great coach or a guy who's going to, you know, have, uh, incredible game plans. We want a former MVP, a superstar who can relate well to our stars and give them good advice.
1: Well, Steve Nash got the job because, uh, he worked really well because he was, a uh, what was he? The equipment, not equipment, uh, manager. He was some manager, uh, for the Warriors and KD right. really liked him. And that's why he got gave, got him the job. He's like, I want him to be my coach. And you know, the Nets, uh, right. Smartly. Again, it
0: wasn't even a coaching. Yeah. yeah. Again, it wasn't even a coaching job, and it, he did it for one year.
1: Yeah. And um, that that doesn't make him qualified. And I'm not saying this makes him qualified, but in this case, KD's like, I want him to be the coach, and as the Nets smartly did, they they're like, Oh yeah, sure, we'll do whatever you want, KD. Because <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Right? If you want to keep KD at the very least. But okay. I, I don't even. Uh, I I don't even think like for in Lillard's case like. Did Lillard go out and say, I want Chauncey Billups to be my coach, you know? He did. he did.
0: Yeah, he did. So, well, he for sure, you know, he had first said he wanted Jason Kidd to be yes. his head coach, and I think he even maybe tweeted that, and that that caused issues, and there was too much pressure there. That's why, you know, Kidd wanted to drop out. But he had also said that he would like to, you know, play under Chauncey Billups and had a preference that way, or at least that's what the um, – Insiders, the media members were saying, you know, being able to play under a all time great point guard it sounds intriguing. to Damian. so, Lillard. so
1: this wasn't a, a coaching decision. It was a we got to make our star happy decision, more more or less. So,
0: yeah, I think if it ownership probably had a choice, they might have gone with Becky Hammond. But I would I would guess that Damian Lillard wanting Billups probably played the biggest factor yeah, for, for sure. sure. Which you have to let it play that play that for way.
1: sure, for sure. Um.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I think I think we talked about that one enough. That is what it is with Billups. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I think this is going to probably an- end up in disaster. I think Lillard is probably gone within a year or two. So we'll see what that means for Billups. He probably won't last much longer past Dame. So right. in terms of who the Mavs hired, I think this is the worst hire in my opinion, hiring Jason Kidd after... Um, they had harassment issues in their own office for women and Jason Kidd has pled guilty in the past to beating his wife and she had claimed that it was verbal and physical abuse that happened consistently yet this man um, no problem getting a job and has glowing recommendations across the league and beyond the personal stuff he was not a good coach with his other two spots, especially in terms of in-game management. I can see the benefit with wanting Luca to learn behind a Hall of Fame point guard again, like you know we're talking about with Lillard. But is that really the criteria it takes to become a head coach? Because there is sure of a hell lot more other parts to the job than being a mentor and being able to coach him up in his position. There's more than one guy on the team, too. So, I don't know. The Mavs are really making me scratch my head this offseason. They've, you know, like I told you the other day, they've completed four out of the five Kings criteria, which, um, oh, it looks like I I lose you on the phone there.
1: that's right. You keep going.
0: Anyways, um, as I was saying, they they've checked off four out of the five kings list. And that includes uh, giving power to an outside the box bullshit artist, which um, Donnie, and then that created, you know, a rift within the front office. Drive away successful basketball people. Well, they drove away Carlisle. There's obviously rumors and, and his GM partner, who was there for 23 years, Donnie Nelson. There's obviously rumors that, well, they were sick of Carlisle and they're okay with this happening. They're glad to get rid of him, but i mean that's kind of bullshit rick carlisle's a great coach one of the better coaches we've seen in a long time and it's hard to find a really good coach in the nba so i don't really buy that shit um step three of the king's checks sli- checklist is surround yourself with friends from the good old days they've already brought back VJJ berea to be in the um, front office as well as i think they um hired jason terry and Nirk- dirk Nowitzki too so you know what's next is Jerry Stackhouse or um, Josh Howard going to be your GM? They hired their coach before their GM. That's the fourth step. So the fifth spot is hire a former player from the good old days to be the GM. I'm um, not very hopeful for these guys. They after you know after a tough tough outlook on the season with Porzingis not being the guy you want him to be, and like I said before, the harassment issues they had going on in office. It's one hell of a way to respond to it, just by saying, "Oh,
1: maybe we can replicate what we
0: did with 2011." I don't know. I mean, I just hate it.
1: Yeah, no. I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think it's the best decision. How I, I mean, however, if you're looking at it just basketball standpoint, I mean, Kidd wasn't a terrible coach. Uh, all things considered, like like his his game plan, not not how he coached. I'm talking about like his game plan, how he did it. I mean, he had a 107 defensive rating for when he coached and that's that's awesome that's a great defensive rating three out of five seasons he coached uh, three of them he made the postseason one of them made it past the first round like he's not that bad however like I just said his the way he coached he he butt heads with with Giannis and many other players he had and part of the huge reason why they didn't like Rick Carlisle is that he they said him and Luca butted heads they didn't they didn't side on the same thing, which I find that more on the player's fault. Like, that's your coach. Like, just listen, you know, <laughs> and all that.
0: Yeah, lately I've been getting the idea that Luca is kind of a whiny child. I mean, there's been reports out there, and with what what Carlisle had said in his interview, he was kind of throwing some subtle jabs, like, wow, yeah, I'm excited to coach just a group of hard-working work- guys with... Um, You know, no loud personalities like that sort of thing. It was just like, yeah, kind of feels like a jab towards Luca. He's probably excited to not be around a star player who has been put on a pedestal his whole life. And I love Luca. He's he's super fun to watch and he's a great player. But I mean, he is always bitching about foul calls. I wouldn't be surprised if he was entitled and bitched back at Rick Carlisle far too many times. Because I mean, in the end, man, that is your boss. Right,
1: and that that just brings it to like you don't think kid is going to be worse like but when it comes to butting heads and getting down and working constantly uh, with luca like i i see that not being a good fit i I see it i see it you I, i i'm sure we'll see visually how that's not a good match during during the season like i there's no way it'll work out perfectly especially the way jason kidd is and the way luca is it's gonna be gonna be tough
0: I give them two, three years max on this relationship with Jason Kidd unless they can bring in a player of Luka's skill level um, to the team. Otherwise, if it's just going to be like the same team ran back with Jason Kidd, I don't think they're going to be better.
1: Uh, I mean, like a a possible, possibly a a Lillard landing spot if they already have Jason Kidd, you know. It's possible. We'll think about it.
0: Lillard and Luca on the well, same team. No, I'm not team. saying it's
1: the best defensive backcourt. However, I mean you can't deny like that's a it's a good talent. Get some defensive guys around it. It's happened before. Look at the Nets. Yeah, but
0: they both need to they both need to control the ball for the majority of their possessions.
1: Well, L- Lillard can play off ball. Just as, I mean, Luca is main on ball, but Luca can play off ball. He has so with CJ, and you just say somebody's gonna have to take a little bit less of a role, you know. And you got to think if it happens two or three years, you got to think Lillard's gonna be like, yeah. I'll, I'll let Luca drive since he's the younger player. I mean, it happens all the time. Like, look at LeBron and AD. He's like, yeah. He's like, AD, AD's the, AD will be the, the best player on the team, and I'm going to support uh, AD in that way.
0: Right, but again, AD and LeBron positional-wise works out perfectly, whereas Luca and Damian Lillard are two-point oh, guards. I, don't, I,
1: I really don't. I see Luca as, like, a point wing. Like, I, I don't think he's I – I don't see him as a point guard. He definitely could be a point guard. I just see him as a as a as a wing of sorts, to shooting guard, small forward. He could just play just as well.
0: Just more crazy takes from Dalton, but let's hear um, some of your trade proposals here. See how crazy. Well, I
1: actually, so I, I actually want to talk about Udoka because that, that that was the signing I think was like the best. Oh, more yeah, coaching. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, the Celtics signing Udoka. I thought I actually, uh, aside from that, Carlisle to the Pacers. I think. Good for the Pacers. It's a great fit. We'll see how that goes. You know, they they have to make some moves because they don't have a the best roster. I mean, you got to imagine they're going to keep Sabonis and Brogdon, right? But we'll, we'll we'll see that going forward. But Udoka, uh, I mean, not that he was the best player. I I found like I mean, look at Ty Lue, uh, not Luke Walton, but uh, like some of the best role players turn out to be some of the best coaches. And I mean, he played 300 games as an NBA player. I mean, he was definitely. Yeah a role player of sorts, like he wasn't, I remember him playing, and he was not that great, retired in 2012, um, but he, so he did have a, one, last year he was the defensive coach for the Nets, and in my opinion, he did great, like the, in the playoffs, they were just, the Nets were able to hold it down on defense, you know, I was surprised, I thought the Bucks or anyone would be able to just give whatever they wanted on offense, you know looking at all their clientele, all the players. But he did a great job defensively. Like what he did, like how he set up Blake Griffin and all the, the defensive prowess he had, I think that worked out great. And, um, of, of course, seven years as assistant with Greg Popovich, you uh, can't ask for anything better than that, right? <laughs> and um, they're going to yep. surround him with uh, a bunch of experienced assistant coaches. Like the guys that have been around know what they're doing. So I I think that's the best setup. And he's young. He could relate oh, yeah. with, the, with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all the young players. I think it'll work perfectly. I think it's a great signing.
0: Yeah, this could be their coach for the next, you know, however long. Like, th- yeah, I agree. This is a good one. It's the complete opposite of the Chauncey Billup and Jason Kidd hires.
1: Right. Yeah. Works out perfectly. But...
0: Yeah. So we'll see how that goes with uh, Tatum and Brown. Obviously, they've got some decisions to make this offseason. Sounds like, I mean, they've already traded Kemba Walker, and it sounds like they may be interested in trading Marcus Smart because they need to get better, and that's one of the guys they can trade to possibly get a better player. So it'll be interesting to watch them, I think. For sure. As things unfold. Um, Do you have anything else to add on the coaching carousel side?
1: I I don't think so. I mean, the Magic... They lost Penny, and now they looks like they're going after Wes Unseld Jr. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Seems like most Magic fans I've read from want Kenny Atkinson. I'd
1: take Kenny. That'd, that'd be a good one. Kenny's a great um, developing coach, so that's so I, I, I'm full fully down for that. I'd also I would love to have Becky Hammond too for the Magic. I mean, got young players, you know. You got to think young players wouldn't mind playing for a a woman coach as opposed to like you go to some older guys who think that they know more you know i could see some flash there
0: i feel like at this point becky is just gonna take the santonio job once greg retires i just don't see how anything else makes sense and she should just stay there you know a bit longer to get more experience on her pop anyways
1: yeah i feel like from everything I know from Spurs players, they just love Tim Duncan, and they would love to see him take over the coaching job after Pop rather than Pecky. That, hmm. I mean, when it comes, it comes, and we'll, we can talk further about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's probably still a couple of years away, but we'll see what Popovich ends up doing. Obviously, he's alone with all the cards. So let's uh, circle back to that Lillard talk, see what um, insane trade packages you got <laughs> for us today.
1: All right? So, I, I, I got three. I'll start off with the less insane one. Maybe. So, all, all these you can expect a few picks with. Uh, so, the Chicago Bulls, I think, would be a huge suitor for the Trailblazers, right? So, they to make contracts work, they'd have to add Thad Young, Sadoransky, and Aminu. And then they'd give Kobe White and two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Uh, the second... Uh, I, I didn't look at which picks they have, but the first one's lottery protected, and the second one's unprotected. So I think, and just for Dame, and that's straight up for Damian Damian Lillard. I think, yes, the defense would suck for the Bulls, but uh, I mean, Levine, Lillard, you got Vucevic. You have a big three, you know. That's what, that that would be way more help than uh, he had in ah uh, with the Trailblazers. So I think they could definitely. There's
0: absolutely zero chance Blazers would take that trade without Zach Levine being included. Yeah, I mean,
1: you you always consider like that you have to throw in, but a lot a lot of times they don't want to do that. They want to keep their big players that they've they've held. And they're like, all right, well, train a big player, big player to.
0: Yeah, that's great. Why does Blazers? Why do the Blazers want Kobe White and some picks for Damian Lillard?
1: It's the rebuild, you know. I, I mean, it depends. Obviously, if they want to. Stay com- stay competitive or not, but...
0: Listen listen to this number. Four. Four years on Damian Lillard's contract. They don't have to trade him for anything but a supreme package. They're going to get picks plus a young star. That's just a fact. I guarantee either Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, um, maybe Julius Randle. Someone else is, is going to be available. I mean... And, and the other thing is too, they don't have to give a fuck about where Lillard wants to go because four years on his contract, any rebuilding team should be interested in trading for Damian Lillard or anyone, anyone in the league. Because who gives a shit if he leaves after four years? I mean, you could you could win a championship during that time with a guy like that. And the Blazers, from their point of view, why should they trade him now or? let's say it's a year from now. I, I mean, no, let's say it's now because it's no point in talking hypotheticals for a year from now. So we're talking right now. Um, why would they want to trade him for anything less than a premium package?
1: I mean, it depends, it depends what you consider premium. I Because mean, a lot of some teams, they're like, we don't want a young player. We want just all the draft capital we can get. We
0: just want to be worse, yeah. We yeah. just want to be bad. So
1: in, in that case, if they're getting round. That's two not second. Portland, well, though. I mean, it's hard to tell. They've
0: they've they've always wanted to stay competitive. They don't want to blow this up.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they if they trade Lillard, you are they are they keeping McCollum?
0: Name one time they've ever tanked.
1: No, I, I'm saying like if they if they trade <laughs> Lillard, they're keep, Are they keeping McCollum?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I'd say they don't have to do too much with each other. It depends on who you get back in the Lillard well, trade. In
1: like, that, like, in the same trade. Like, if they trade Lillard, are they like, okay, we'll keep McCollum and we'll, just, we'll stay competitive with McCollum? I,
0: like I said, it depends on who you get back in the Lillard trade. So if you've got a shooting guard, yeah, you would trade McCollum. But if you got some start at a different position, you probably keep McCollum. McCollum played
1: point guard in college. He, he, he could just be their go- point guard or he can go to switch to the 1 and 2. Doesn't he
0: turn the ball over a yeah, ton? Yeah, I
1: mean, but... <laughs> Like, like you said, depends if you get back. Anyway, like, anyway. So my second one, yeah. this is Lillard and Robert Covington for Stephen Adams, Lonzo Ball, Nikola Alexander Walker, and this is a sign and trade with Lonzo Ball, right? Because so, because he, he's he's up for his contract, and then three first round picks.
0: I might walk <laughs> off this set if you give me another silly ass trade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, so. These, all, all these are without giving up their second best player, because no team's gonna be like, all right. I mean, I guess there are teams out there.
0: Yes, but. every team is gonna have. No, to.
1: no, like James Harden just went for what nothing, right?
0: He went for okay. Here's the other thing you gotta consider. There, you want to get into that one. Okay, they got four first-round picks. They could have gotten Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, but they didn't want that. Instead, they wanted Victor Oladipo so that they could trade him later for, Kelly you know, work. worse <laughs> picks. In, in Houston's circumstance, they didn't have, like, any first-round picks for the new future because they traded, um, you know, a bunch of them away to get off the Westbrook contract, and then they... Um, or, I'm sorry, to get off the CP3 contract, and then... um probably somewhere else too but oh, fuck i'm kind of lost my spot on there well, but so
1: my, my point is they you never really get that much of insane value off these but off these players like lillard is is awesome and i i could they could definitely put more in but i don't see Say
0: anthony davis they got insane value yeah. that was like three first round picks brandon ingram a young star lonzo ball a top two pick Josh Hart, a decent role player. You didn't think that was well, a great time? at the time, home?
1: Brandon Ingram was very – they didn't know if he was going to be a star or not. And Lonzo Ball was – I would say he was less valuable then than he is now. I mean, he just had a great year where he can actually shoot the ball. But, no, yeah, I, I mean
0: – So it's just all recency bias for you? It's not
1: recency bias. Like, at the time, when they traded him, they got they got a big question – uh, in Brandon Ingram, like, could he be a star He could, could, or could he not? I mean, he was averaging 14 points the year before and as a second pick, and Lonzo Ball was shooting terribly, like, from everywhere, from three, from free throw, and from the field. And, yeah, he played decent defense, and he was a- able to pass the ball. Jo- Josh Hart, who was who he is now, just a defensive guy who could knock down a three once in a while. And, yeah, the fourth pick was... I'd say the picks were the most valuable piece in that, but they are still the Lakers' picks. So
0: the year before he went to New Orleans, Brandon Ingram was averaging 18.3 points per game with 5.1 rebounds, three assists, half a block, half a steal. And he shot um, only 33% from three that year, so that was bad. But before that, he had 39% the season before. But he shot almost 50% total from the field that year. So I would say we knew he was going to become a young star I, I at that say, point. Dude, just, like, we've Warriors. talked
1: about it before. Like that, uh, a good player on a bad team is like that somebody has to hit down the shots. So like it's still a question mark. Nobody's like, this guy's going to be a superstar during that trade.
0: Sure, yeah, no one said that. But he was the headliner of the trade, just like he's going to have to be for Damian Lillard.
1: Yeah, well.
0: If they want him i don't think they'd have to give up as many picks if they did that i mean another one that i heard yesterday that'd be interesting is just lillard for george straight up if um you know lillard's like i want out and then the clippers are like yeah maybe we could do that yeah
1: see well that makes more sense because it's i mean they're just swapping two two really good players at that point i mean the clippers can't do much else like Usually, when you see a team like the Bulls or the Pelicans, and they have their stars, but they they they're going to do whatever they can to hold on to them. Like we'll give you, we'll give you everything in the kitchen sink just to keep our oh, stars. Yeah. That, that, that's why why I made these these trade put these trade proposals. Yeah, in. I
0: hear you. I just think you're being un- unrealistic with who Damian Lillard wow. is, how many years he has left, and who you're qualifying as stars. I mean. If it's the Chicago Bulls, you'd have to trade either one of Vucevic or Levine to make it happen. It just doesn't make sense otherwise, unless you did six first-round picks and, you know, the naming rights to every child born in Chicago till the end what of time.
1: Chicago would do. <laughs> just to hold on. Uh, uh, but that would be, like, the worst defensive team in the league, you gotta think. but So, yeah. I, I, and my la- last one is a stretch. Because the, the, this is one I just wanted to... For, to stay relevant with the bucks it was Lillard and Nurkic because so I I do predict Nurkic, Nurkic is going to go for like next to nothing because he's already said he wants to leave he's just a center that can play inconsistent defense as of right now he he was not good this season he was very inconsistent so they're like but so he's just kind of added on for salary with Middleton Bobby Portis Dante DiVincenzo and two first-round picks that the Bucks would have late, late, like late, like 26, 27. Well, it would have to be like 20, 25 and 27 because they're two years apart. And
0: Yeah, I like that trade. I think that would work fine if, um, you know, the bottom fell out here and they were like, we just need to get rid of Middleton. Yeah. I, feel like the, I feel like the Blazers, they want a player that they feel can become a star or is – on the next, you know, right there to becoming a star, because they, they're not ready to just blow this thing up. I mean, they've been in the playoffs, what, seven years in a row now or something, and before that, they had Marcus Aldridge, they had Brandon Roy. Last time they had, you know, I think a lottery pick was probably Greg Oden. Yeah. So, um, well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't think they're ready to I mean, blow
1: we'll it see. up. We'll all see. I mean, they could do something like a reload, like the Warriors did, where they just take two years off to get some good draft picks, toss some new, some young talent in there and go back and bring it back to the Yeah, because that's
0: working really well for the Warriors.
1: It's gonna, I mean, when, when Clay comes back, I mean, they almost made the playoffs with what, Yeah, Steph when Clay somewhere. comes
0: back, uh, I've heard that, what, now the last two well, years. Well,
1: it's worked out, like, so Clay will come back and he'll be half the, man, half the player he was, but that's still better than, like. What Juan Toscano-Anderson? <laughs> like, like, uh, who would you rather have? Half Tlay Thompson or or Juan or Jordan Pool? Like, he half the half of Tlay Thompson is yeah. still enough. Plus, we'll see what they're gonna do with these uh, the uh, seventh, seventh, and uh, did did they have the eleventh pick or 14?
0: fourteen? Ah, uh, fourteen.
1: So, seven and fourteen. We'll see what they do with those. I mean, they still have. I mean, Steph Curry and Wiggins barely made it all almost made it to the playoffs, you know, and Steph Curry still did miss a lot of time. But, I mean, I think they did a great job, and we'll see how, how it all reflects next season for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, they'll definitely be back in the playoffs next year. I just, you know, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Clay coming back to be the same player he was. And to be, I mean, he'll probably be great but is he gonna is this gonna be one of those things where it causes him to get injured more often now that he gets into the second half of his career yeah i hope it doesn't work out that way but it's hard not to think of it that way and they have a shitty contract with andrew wiggins they do have a couple of good picks here they're gonna trade that to try and get a player that can help them win now um I mean, it's not like they intentionally took a couple of years off. That was because they had injuries. So I don't really get how the Blazers would just take a couple of years off like that. Does it make sense? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, in, in the Warriors' case, everyone got injured in a year. I mean, they I, I know they, like, really pushed for when Steph Curry got injured. They're like, he's out for the season. He's like, well, I want to play. <laughs> like, uh, shortly after Clay got injured right. and that D'Lo was just sitting out that season. Like, they're like, I yeah, just, we want to be bad. Like, don't.
0: Yeah, they tanked all, tanked a whole year just threw it in the trash so they could get a guy who they didn't ha- think had a good rookie season and they might just trade him away yep. anyways.
1: Yep. Tank culture Tank baby. Culture. <laughs> yeah, well. So We'll see how that turns out to be. Did you have any other any trade other trades for Dan- Damon Lillard on the mind?
0: Um, let's see. I didn't like put any like packages together, but I think I wrote down some Uh, Some teams here. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Sixers, obviously, if they could find a way to to trade for him, I think that would be a great fit. Everyone wants to push the New York thing. I don't think they got enough to make it happen. Um, I would love to see the Nuggets make a pull for him if they could do like a Jamal Murray or a Michael Porter package. Um, I think that would be enough to get done with picks. And I think that would be exciting. But um, other than that, I'm not too sure. I don't think Damian Lillard's going to get traded this offseason. I think it's probably going to be a quiet offseason for the rest um, the rest of this way for Damian Lillard. And then next year, he's going to come back really strong. And we'll see how the year goes. Anything depending on that, that's, that's what we'll see. But I don't see any movement on his front this offseason. But obviously, the Blazers, they got to... Make more moves to their roster this year, other than just the coaching change. They've got to trade McCollum. That's got to be the next yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll come down to that if they have enough to put together a package for someone better than McCollum. You know, as of right now, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't value Ben Simmons over McCollum, and the, and the way what McCollum gives them, like without, if you take McCollum out and put in Ben Simmons, that's you no longer have a number two guy, you know? Because Ben Simmons isn't a number two guy. Offen- offensive.
0: Yeah, right. But he, he is your second best player on the team. I mean, he's the second best player on the one seed 76ers this year. He is still a great player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Blazers end up doing with McCollum, though. I think... If they could find a way to get someone like Miles Turner or Demonis Sabonis, some sort of big that is better than Nurkic and stays healthy, I think that would be a real good game changer for yeah, them. Yeah, but I
1: mean if you're the Pacers, you, you you're gonna wanna hold on to Sabonis, right? I mean he's their youngest best player, you know. They'd probably give up Brogdon.
0: Yeah, the Pacers or, I think are are gonna hold on to him. I think the Pacers are going to hold on to him. They're probably trading Turner this off because they've ran that one out for about as what it's worth. Yeah, but and, and Brissett's out um, to be
1: a pretty good, a great prospect for them. This la- the latter part of this uh, season, he was playing really well. Brissett's their young center.
0: Carlisle also coached Sabonis' dad um, back in the day, so oh, yeah. um, demonis said that he's heard great things and he's excited to play for Rick. So. That's, I mean, that's their young star over there. They need to get someone better than Malkin Brogdon as, as a round side there. But Malkin's good, too. I mean, it's just kind of the problem with Indiana. They're going to have a hard time getting good talent that they don't draft. So, sure.
1: so but, I got
0: Fun topics today. Um, I'll, we'll wrap this up and say thank you to all of our um, listeners, maybe one or two or three <laughs> of you. Um, thank you so much. As always, strictly ball business, baby.